Welcome to the Pastor's Porch, a place where pastors encourage one another, speak freely about the Word of God, and engage in real communal relationships with the body of Christ. Hello everyone, we want to welcome you back to the Pastor's Porch. We are excited to bring you some uh, new content today, some exciting content. Um, I'll go ahead and tell you, you might as well put an hour aside because we're going to talk today, not actually maybe an hour, but what we are discussing today is some important information uh, for the body of Christ. Um, it's something that is not talked about um, in a lot of churches today um, because people don't want to discuss it. And so we're going to answer two main questions today um, and kind of combine the two in our conversations today. And so what we're going to be discussing is why do Christians ignore demons in spiritual warfare? So that's going to be the first part we, we talk about today. And I say parts, we're probably going to talk about everything all together. And then secondly, we're going to answer the question, is everything a demon? So we're talking about why are Christians ignoring demonic activity and demons in the battling of their spiritual warfare and to um, add on to that, is everything we encounter uh, a demon? So, Pastor Zach? Well, this is a, uh, it's an exciting topic. It's something that, to be honest, you know, if you click on your local church's website, you're probably not going to find a whole lot of sermons on this sort of topic. Um, and really, I guess maybe even years ago, I didn't used to just preach or spend a whole ton of time preaching on these kinds of topics. But the older I've gotten in Christ and the more I've seen the world and the light that it is, the more I've realized there's a strong need for this, right? There's a reason God gave us the whole word. And uh, I believe that that it's interesting to me the lack of focus kind of on one end, and we're going to talk about that a little bit or the lack of understanding more so than focus, you know, cause we don't have to focus on demons or spirits, but we should know about them. And I think that's a, a good thing. Um, but there's, then there's the, uh, what would, I guess I would call the hyper focus where they believe that like every toy in the church nursery is possessed by a spirit or something, <laughs> you know? And like, I think it's, so there's these two ends, right? And this is where we're going to find ourselves is just, what does scripture say? What does scripture say about spiritual warfare what does scripture talk about in terms of demon oppression demon possession uh dealing with spirits how how do we address a spirit how do we um know <clears throat> that we have the authority in christ to talk to a spirit um, in the name of jesus right i don't think we should be sitting around playing on ouija boards and trying to commune with them that's not what i'm saying but when i say talk i mean cast them out in the name of jesus and so uh, it's something that's kind of ignored um makes people uncomfortable you're not going to see it on a church sign when you drive by but i think some of our ignorance you know the scripture says people perish for their lack of knowledge you know the lord said that and so uh i think it's i, I think it's just something good that we need to talk about and we need to talk about the context with which we handle these things. I think that's the important thing here is, is sure. not just we talk about it, right? I mean, I could I could share my experiences. You could share yours. Um, I could tell you some very real accounts. And maybe if the Lord wants us to, we will one day. But um, more than that, people need to know. 
they didn't know that there's a very real realm of the unseen all around us. Absolutely. And and whether you read your Old Testament, I mean, I just taught on this out of uh, um, Elisha, you know, praying for Elijah, praying for the servant's eyes to be opened so that he could see the spiritual realm and could see that there was more for them, right? And then uh, the New Testament talks about the great cloud of witness, right? And so those are some positive lights. But then there's also in the New Testament where it calls satan the prince of the power of the air correct right and then we talked about principalities and power you know there's all these verses and and so i i mean go back to daniel right go back to the 21 day daniel fast well study why was there a 21 day fast the lord had heard uh the prayer on the first day and had sent the archangel had sent the angel to answer the prayer but in the space between what we would call heaven and earth there was a war that engaged. Correct. For 21 days. Correct. A literal war between the Lord's army and the prince of the power of the air. And my mind slips me. Maybe Daniel chapter 10 or Daniel chapter 12. We'd have to check it in a little bit. Um, but that's a very real. That's a very real account. That's not yes. a. That's not a parable. That's not. That's not something that that maybe happened. No, no, that happened. And I think we become so comfortable in just ignoring spirits, demons, the devil. You know, the devil is not this this little funny cartoon with red pointy tail and red horns. Like that's that's not the devil. Like if you read the Bible, I don't see that anywhere. Do you see that anywhere? No. Do you see anywhere no. where he's like a little cartoon guy with a pitchfork nope. and like he's no? Nope. But like that's kind of what we've made him into this Correct. social character. Um, but when I read the scripture and, and read of him, whether it's in Ezekiel or Isaiah, uh, what he looked like, and then some of his characteristics throughout the scripture, he's a very real enemy. He's a very real foe. I taught a youth revival one night. It's been six or se- six or seven years ago um, out at a church east of Fayetteville. Had like a one night youth rally kind of deal and had this big, and I just preached, I remember I preached on the reality of hell. It's a real place. The reality of hell. And so to me, um, I studied that and I found that there was literally, I can't remember if it was 60%, six, I believe it's been seven or eight years ago, so I'm giving you seven or eight year old information, so we'd have to go look this up again. But it was something like 60% of Christians didn't even believe there was a hell. People who profess Christ, 60% of them claimed there was not a hell. I mean, that's a whole, maybe that's a whole other topic for another day. But I think that kind of goes along with they don't believe in spiritual warfare because they don't believe mm-hmm. there's an opposite side to God. Yeah. Well, I, I just, for me, it goes back to the statistic of, where literally like 70% of churchgoers only read their Bible on Sunday mornings right. when the pastor does. And so it it's sad, but it makes sense because nobody's reading their Bible on their own to understand right. what the scriptures are saying. Right. And if you read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it is very, very <laughs> yeah. evident. Yeah. It is very forthcoming. It is very straightforward on... Hell, it is very straightforward on 
um, spirits and mm-hmm. fallen angels and Nephilim mm-hmm. and demons and mm-hmm. um, like you read Revelation and sometimes you see this three-headed dragon and right. all these different things and right. you can't read that and not understand that there is a very real opposite power of who God is. Right. Absolutely. Very real. Yeah. And um, I mean, look around you today, guys. Look around you today. You cannot tell me that there is not a very real opposite power of what is happening in the church. When oh, church man. things are happening, when good things are happening, and you look outside in the world, you can't say any of that on a normal daily basis is God. You can't. No. You can't. And so the fact of the matter is, the problem that really needs to be addressed is people need to read the Bibles yeah. to understand and know what the scriptures are saying of what we are dealing with in spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. what we are dealing with in demonic activities. Mm-hmm. And and we're, we're going to get into it where not everything's a demon, but man, there are some things that are very obvious to those who are in the scriptures and reading in our tomb of God's spirits that are in opposition yeah. of who God is, yeah. of what God's word says. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Man, it just—it's important that we understand that. Yeah. It's important that we we read that, and yeah, it's important that people need to realize that there is heaven, and but there's also a very real hell, and maybe that is another conversation for another well, day. It all ties but in. It does all tie in, it, but we we have to we have to talk about spiritual warfare, and man, so many, especially if you if you turn on a TV today and find a TV preacher, if you get on the internet today and find somebody preaching. A lot of them are going to preach a prosperity gospel, mm-hmm. where when you become a Christian, everything's great. Right. Well, sorry to break it to you if you yeah. haven't heard this yet, but when you profess Christ and when you are in a relationship with Him, there is a very real Satan that is going to come against you. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have to be prepared for spiritual warfare and be prepared for um, spirits and demons and things that are trying to come against us. And so that's why, that's the importance and the reason behind having this conversation today. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who, who are listening and hopefully gives you a better understanding of what we're facing. And so I'm going to kick it off with Ephesians 6.12. Okay. Um, it's it's important um, and it, it prepares mm-hmm. this whole conversation mm-hmm. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. And you know, you discussed earlier how it literally, in the Bible, it talks about Satan being the prince Mm -hmm. of the air. Mm -hmm. Well, listen to this again against the rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Mm-hmm. Last mm-hmm. time I checked, air is pretty high compared to where we are on, sure. on earth. And so sure. talk about that. Well, I mean, I guess I guess for me, the, the conversation is always going to come back to uh, the foundation of the Word of God, right? So... In simplest forms, the way my mind sees it, not that that's the simple thing, but it tries to be, um, go all the way back to the book of Genesis. Go all the way back to, to before what we understand as time. 
what you and I know is time. And, and, and um, I mean, I'm a young earth guy and I believe in the young earth. And so I could give you the, the years that I believe. But, but when I talk about these sorts of things, what I believe is what has happened since the third of the angels fell with yeah. Satan. Okay. Well, if you study this out and, and you do, and you start in the book of Genesis and you go through the scripture, by the time we get over here to the book of Ephesians that we're in today, you can understand this language. Correct. You can understand uh, Satan is the prince of the power of air, of the air, what we know as the atmosphere. Correct. Because he was thrown from heaven. The Bible then again says that he roams the earth seeking yep. whom he may devour. Yep. The book of Job says that yeah. he accused Job in front of the sons of God. Now, I'm telling you, we can have a conversation now where we sit here for hours and go through this. But whether we want to admit it or not, there is still a measure of authority that Satan has in this short window. Yes. And that authority is over those angels. Some are bound in those fallen angels are some are bound in chains according to the book of Jude. Um, that that I mean, golly, we could get deep into this where I believe Jesus has proclaimed and shown himself in, in the three days in which he uh, had passed, had given his life um, before his resurrection. But I also believe that there are spirits at work Correct. in the earth because Satan does not have the power to be omnipresent. Correct. Okay. However, he does have minions and imps and demons who work at his leisure to yeah. do things, to fight against uh, Christians, to war this war. I mean, if you don't think that there's demons at work, have you turned on the news in the last 10 years? Look at the degrade of the world in just a short time. Look at the lawlessness and look at the perversion. I mean, Absolutely. look at the literal perversion dancing on the street. That and and I guess I would sum this up. I'm, I'll, I'll let you talk because I could go on all day. Um, anything that is of Satan is going to copy God and yet make it a mockery at the same time. I literally just had this conversation with somebody yesterday. Yeah, I kid you not. It, because we were talking about the the importance of recognizing those things is that everything of God is pure. Mm-hmm. It's holy. Mm -hmm. And everything of Satan is a copied image that twists it. Yep. It's Twist exactly it. what it is. And, uh, man, I, we could go into detail of everything in Scripture that God has said is 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 beautiful, is holy, is, is honoring. And we could show how much it is twisted in our world today. Yeah. Because that's exactly what Satan wants to do. Is he wants to give a measure of the truth. Yeah. Well, it's but, what he did but, to eat. But just enough to twist it yeah. exactly, yeah. and the, take it back to Genesis again yeah. in the garden, and and so we we have to understand those things. And well, why do we? Why do we? And 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 man, I want to go into all this, but this was just a question that just popped in my mind. If we read about Jesus encountering demonic spirits, yeah, and if we read about Jesus casting those spirits out, if yes. Jesus, in His own words, said. That in my name, you, when you're a follower of me, 
you will cast out spirits. Yes. That's Jesus' words. Red letter. If 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 we know that, that I mean I mean pick a pick an account in the gospels. The early church, go to the book of Acts, right? Go read about how how Paul or, or Peter, how they had this authority that they walked in the truth of the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, right? So he brings us into all truth, is what the Bible says. He brings us into all truth and everything that Jesus has taught and everything that Jesus represents. Okay, so if that's the case. Somewhere around the time we get over to the seven sons of Sceva over there uh, towards the end of the book of Acts or the last 10 chapters there. Those men couldn't cast out a demon. Matter of fact, they went into the room and the demon calls out to them. There were seven of them. And he says, Jesus, I know. Think about this. And Paul, I know. But I don't know you. And you uh, uh, don't have authority. Basically, is what he's telling them. And yeah. the Bible says that they left there naked and afraid yeah, and beaten. Okay. So this is one thing. Let, let me preface this whole demon conversation. It's not a game. Nope. Like this ain't like witch hunter. Like you wake up and you're like, I'm going to go hunt a witch. Like. This is life. Well, when I've dealt with demons, there's always been a measure of fasting, prayer. Yes. Consecration. Yes. Getting my own self right. I don't just walk around every day and say, I cast out demons every day. I mean, I think, do we probably encounter spirits every day? Much more than we know. Sure, I do believe that. But I think it, it would be prideful to assume that um, I was in that position every day to do those kinds of things. But I know this. I've always taken those verses to heart. Those men, those men were not known by the spirit. Hmm. The spirit knew Paul. The spirit knew the name of Jesus and was subject to the name of Jesus, but they didn't have the authority to walk in and they tried in their flesh. Oh, that's so good. And they were beaten and left, you know, naked and afraid, you know, just, just whooped on, you know? Yeah. And, um, I think sometimes we like get our own mind around this, that this is like some sort of game. Oh, we downplay but like, it. But like, if it was a game, the verses that follow Ephesians six twelve wouldn't be so serious about the armor you must have. Exactly. Um, I mean, because if you just go through the armor, you know, whether it's the helmet, of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, you know, the sword of, of peace, the spirit, the, the spirit. shield of faith, the shoes prepared with the gospel of peace, right? The belt of what? Truth, right? I mean, all these pieces, every piece has a function. Absolutely. We got a lot of Christians trying to wear other Christians' armors, mm. and they can't, you know, like David, when he tried to put on Saul's and he couldn't face Goliath. Correct. Remember? And how oh, uncomfortable yeah. he was? Okay, well, nobody can wear my armor. Not supposed they're, to. They're not supposed to. You can't wear my armor, I can't wear your armor. It's supposed to be fit for you. Mm. And, and I mean, I mean, literally, whether it's, I mean, we talk about ball sometimes. Uh, we talk about uh, police work sometimes. We talk about all these things that are military. Go see if, go see if anyone in the military is wearing another person's gear. Go see if a police officer would wear another police officer's gear. No, they custom fit you to all of that. Our kids, when we go play these ball fields, they custom fit them to for their jerseys or their pants or their helmets yep. or their shoulder pads and all that. Okay, well, the armor of God is no different. It has to fit you. Yeah. So I, I think we're trying to hang out in 12, but we don't understand 13 through 18. Correct. You know what I mean? Like, we don't yeah. understand, like, well, you can't hang out in 12. Exactly. Well. well, there's a reason that it's written the way it is, mm -hmm. is it's a preface 
it, it's a preface of saying, hey, here's what you're fighting, but here's the solution. And Amen. you're you're exactly right. Is we hang out in twelve, and then we try to play this little game, yeah. and then months down the road of playing this little game, we start complaining of, well, I don't know why my life is like this, and I don't know why my life yeah. is like this, and I don't know why I'm struggling with depression, and I don't know why I'm struggling with anxiety, and I don't know why I'm struggling with my finances. Is because we play this little game, and we're not preparing to fight the battles that are in front of us. Yeah. And we we think that, oh, that's not going to happen to me. And, oh, I'm not going to face that. Mm-hmm. Life is real. Yeah. Hell is real. Demons are real. Spirits are real. And if you are not preparing yourself with the armor of God, if you are not preparing yourself with the word, if you are not preparing yourself just as Paul and Jesus did with this demon it, compared to the men's of Sceva, where where they tried to go in and fight it and face mm-hmm. it on their own, and mm-hmm. they failed. They were naked. They were afraid. Mm-hmm. They were beaten. They were bruised. Well, guess what? That same thing's going to happen to you in life today. If you not, are not prepared with the armor of God to face some of these things that are spiritually before you and that you are battling, you're going to be beaten. You're going to be bruised and you're going to just be a mess. Mm. And that's one thing that it, it hurts me. It burdens me when I see people that are just going through the motions and just beaten by life. And they're not taking the scriptures and applying them to their life. If anything, believer that is listening to this, and maybe you're not a believer that is listening to this, take the scriptures and apply them to your life. Mm. Quit living just on the shirt tails and the coattails of other Christians. Quit trying to get by by somebody else's faith. Mm-hmm. Quit trying to get by by somebody else's prayer. It is important for you to put on the whole armor of God yourself, for you to be prepared for the battles that you are facing, mm-hmm. not somebody else. And that's one thing that has just it has burdened me for so many years mm-hmm. is the fact that we think the way somebody else got through a battle is the same way that we should get through it. Yeah. That's not yeah. the case. Well, and I was thinking about this, you know, we talked about this a couple of days ago just briefly on an email exchange and, and I, um, again, you know, I just, the simplest terms, but I'll put a kind of cherry on top of everything you just said. The question at the beginning of the show, or at least the way it was in my mind was why can't Christians handle spiritual warfare or demonic encounters or this sort of thing or, or whatever. Right. Or, or why, why do they not understand it? And, and a few days ago, I was sitting in my office just thinking, and this is what came to me, was the majority of people who identify as Christian aren't comfortable sharing their faith with somebody. It's the truth. And if they're not comfortable with sharing their faith with a human being who they see, Right. And look, I'm not shaming anybody. Like, this is, I'm not saying this so that like people like would run out and be like, "Oh, he's mad at that." That's not it. But like, if you don't think I'm right, go watch Christians pray at restaurants. Like, go watch that. Like, we live in a world where like you can be anything and anyone, and you can dance in the street and be proud of who you are, and you can do all these things. But like, somehow Christians are are like, "Well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hang back," you know. Meanwhile, your neighbor's dying, right? Your yeah. neighbor's facing a life-threatening situation. 
And we're not comfortable enough to look our neighbors in the face and say, hey, let me tell you something about the reality of life. And start in the book of Genesis and just walk through the scriptures, right? We're not comfortable enough to do that. Well, if we're not comfortable enough to look someone in the face and tell them about the cross or tell them about the resurrection or the, the reality of God's word and the hope for mankind and why these, some of these things are going on. If we can't look at someone and talk about Jesus, how on earth would we ever address anything happening in the spiritual realm? Like if, like if we can't sit with somebody who's just like us, breathes like us, eat like us, puts pants on one leg at a time, just like us and, and lives in this world. If we can't look at them and talk about Jesus, I think the conversation is very simple. How on earth could we then ever address anything going on in the unseen realm? Yeah. You know, I mean, how, how on earth could we ever address then uh, heaven, hell, you know? I mean, most Christians, I mean, say things, man, I'm fixing to get, somebody's going to send an email, not like what I'm fixing to say. Your, your loved one that passed away is not an angel. Yet 90% of people in our culture say, well, they're an angel now. And I don't mean no offense to anybody by that, but that's biblically illiterate. Correct. I'm not trying to be mean. I know, I'm not saying your loved ones aren't in heaven. I'm not saying they're not with God. We don't convert to angels when we die. We don't sit on a cloud in heaven and play a harp. That's not our role, right? But the devil also isn't a little red-colored dude with a pointy tail and a pitchfork no. running around on a little Halloween costume, right? Like, that's not the devil. No. And I just think we've been sold these lies of comfort. And I think we've been told these things. And it's just a... When I was in law enforcement, we called it target softening, right? Oh, yeah. The enemy does well, certain things absolutely. to soften the target. Look at look at the media right now. Yeah. Look at look at the music industry right now. All softening. Look, look at the entertainment industry right now. The dude gave a lap dance to the devil. That's the devil, man. In a music That's video. demonic. And guess what people did? Laughed at it, watched it, enjoyed it. And I'm going to hurt. I'm going to step on some toes with this. But those were Christian people that were laughing and watching well, and being funny. okay with it. Disgusting to me. I saw Absolutely. It. Yeah. But I, I know of people that profess Christ that talked about it and was like, oh, it's nothing, and oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's just entertainment. It's just a music video. No, I'd say that's demonic. It's super demonic. Yeah. It's it's very demonic. And, man, I could go down a rabbit hole if I really wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. the amount of celebrities and people who have, on live television and stuff have talked about pledging their allegiance to Satan, and nobody catches it. Mm. Nobody bats an eye at it. It's because we're being conditioned and softened be, because we're not standing up and preparing for this war yeah. and preparing for this spiritual warfare mm-hmm. that we are just allowing these things to infiltrate our lives, infiltrate our home to where we don't even know that we're battling these things when they're right in front of us. I saw a, um, I saw a video a couple years ago and sometimes you gotta understand when I say I saw a video, this may be something from five or six or eight years ago. So just part of me being old. Um, but there was a TV show called Lucifer. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, so obviously the name intrigued me, so I clicked on the preview, right? And and I didn't watch the show. I don't I don't know anything. But this is what I gathered from the two minute video that I watched about it. Basically, they were making Lucifer look like a cool guy. Yeah. 
Of course. They were like, you know, maybe he was a little bit rich. Maybe he had a fancy car. Maybe he had, you know, could get the women or whatever it was. But again, people say, "Oh, you're overreacting." Or look at what's at work. I promise you this. I promise you this. Right now, in this place that we live, I have encountered people worshiping Satan in the middle of the night, out on the roads, on Absolutely. public on public roadways, sitting sitting on the ground, drawing signs to Satan, lighting candles. I personally was a police officer for ten years. I have face-to-face encountered people worshiping Satan. I've encountered witches. I've encountered demons. I've encountered them all. And I haven't had to go to California. I haven't had to go to New York City. I haven't had to go to uh, some right big in our city. Backyard. I've encountered them here. Um, and I think people are afraid to have that conversation. Because if they have that conversation, that's going to require some amount of surrender on your own life. Absolutely. To the Lord. And, and doesn't it all come back to lordship? Absolutely. Right? Like, like, and, you know, and, and, I, and like we said earlier, it's not like I believe every door and every everything has a demon. That's not what I'm saying. Correct. But I, I do wish people understood. I interviewed some former witches right here in the town we live in, purposely. Went and engaged them because, because I had saw some trends going on in the young people in the city of some witchcraft. That was a very soft form of witchcraft, and you nobody's got to believe me. Like, 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 I don't gain anything from saying this. But there's basically three different levels of witchcraft, you know, and there's three different areas in which witches are looking to operate. And maybe maybe we'll go into that another day. But but I will say this: there's a there's a area of witchcraft that is being sold to the world as good. I think they would use the word "good witches," or they would use the word Correct. "white witch." Um, this the interview was a couple of years ago, so I'm trying to remember all of it. But, but basically, these people are practicing witchcraft and they don't realize it yeah. because society has just and normalized. Yeah, it, and it's right? domi- that's what I'm saying is it's demonic and it's been normal. But they don't, but they don't realize it. Like no, even, because like they've been conditioned. People, because Satan is man, Satan is so smart. Right. There's a reason Satan went after Eve in the garden. Absolutely. And there's a there's a reason that he went after her when she was alone. Yes. And we don't, we don't go, if you just go study from Genesis to Revelation of people who encountered demons or people who were filled with a a demonic spirit all through Genesis to Revelation, there was tactics Mm -hmm. in all of it. Mm -hmm. And I, I promise you, if you're sitting down as a family doing a Bible study in your home, Satan's not coming to you at that time. No. He's just not. No. He's not stupid. He's not going to tempt me with broccoli to get me to go worship him because I hate broccoli. Right? And I know that's a silly example. Right. But if I'm alone by myself Mm -hmm. on my phone, Mm -hmm. there's some temptations and some things Mm -hmm. in other ways that he's going to try to attract Mm -hmm. me to get my focus off of God. Mm -hmm. To walk down some of these paths for me to battle some of these different spirits because he's smart and he's he's cunning and he's he's deceptive, and that's what people aren't realizing. If you didn't go listen to our the last two weeks talking about sanctification and ju- justification and and boundaries in our relationships and boundaries in in um, who we are as Christ, you you need to go listen to that because it all ties into this of understanding 
the spiritual warfare and the demonic realm that we face. Can every we just day. take a, Can we just take a couple more minutes because I, I there's so much here. Um, so like so like Satan can't tempt me with cocaine. Okay, like I'm not tempted to go out and snort booger sugar. Okay, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just not. Yeah, I, right. There's no temptation. I'm not tempted to go out and cheat on my wife. Correct. Right? It's not a, I'm not saying that like in some super spiritual, like I'm better than anybody. I'm saying those aren't temptations. I've Correct. Lived, I've lived enough life and been through enough things that I was a drunk and I was a, a porn addict way back, you know, 15 years. I've done enough in my life to know who I was. Okay. So I'm not tempted by certain things that maybe some people deal with temptation. However, if he can deceive me mm. and he can open doorways of deception and distract me mm-hmm. distance me mm-hmm. all of a sudden those boundaries that were real strong become weak become weak blurred the lines get messy mm-hmm. see i don't think satan would come to me with um, a, a drug right i don't have any interest in a drug okay but what if he came to me looking like the very thing i thought i needed mm. or Dressed in a way that did provoke me or a relationship where I didn't set the boundaries mm-hmm. and the door becomes cracked, right? Well, and so, I mean, think about it deeper. Like, I, man, I wish we had another hour because I we could go on. Why do they call alcohol a spirit? Don't turn me off. Listen, why do they call alcohol a spirit? It's meant to control you. Absolutely. Why they call weed the devil's lettuce? That's what he's called when I was growing up. The devil's lettuce. And people would, and I know, I, like that's kind of an old heel saying, and sure, it's kind of goofy. Sure. But it's an altering it's ex- substance, and it's exactly what the enemy wants. It's a doorway. I mean, we can, we can absolutely. talk about it. We can we can talk about it. Alcohol in the simplest forms. When I studied it for years, when I was in law enforcement, I did all that DRE and that drug study and all that stuff for years. In the simplest form that I can put it is alcohol, um, a depressant, a CNS depressant, central nervous system depressant. Correct. And where it falls into, um, same with a lot of pills and different things that people take. Correct. Nowadays, these things lower certain realities in your mind. Correct. Okay, so. Literally. I'm a simple guy. That's a door. Absolutely. Because your boundary gets changed. Yes. So why, and I know we can be like, you touch alcohol, you're going to hell. I know there's these two camps in Christianity and they fight over like, where's the level, right? Like how many beers can you have and still be saved? Or like, you know, can you drink at all? And like, if you look at alcohol, you might turn into salt, like lots of life, you know? <laughs> and then like, so there's these two camps and like all the while I'm over here saying like, why would you want to? Exactly. Like it's, for me, it's not, can you, it's why? It goes back to the conversations we've had on our podcast yeah. the last couple of weeks like, of well, just because something is in front of you is permissible. Right. Yeah. Is it really expedient? Is it really worth it? Yeah, and I don't want to. Yeah, and I'm not trying to chase that rabbit. I'm just telling you, it's a door. But then, but then again, go. It, it, it falls right in line with what we're talking about of how Satan takes something and just perverts it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sure perverts it a little bit but i i think there's and you you could read into this a whole lot more than you wanted to but i think there also is importance why 
they are called spirits. Yeah. And why it was jokingly called the devil's lettuce is right. is we joke right. about it, but if you really there's, want to think about it, there's some measure. Of there's truth. some measure of yeah. truth of where yeah. Satan is using that as a tactic to maybe maybe alcohol is, is not what's going to ruin a person's life, but because of alcohol, they make another choice. Sure. Oh uh, yeah. And and so it's it's not the final solution of what the enemy is using, but it's a doorway into something else to now where there was that boundary that you talked about. Now we're allowing those spirits and allowing those that demonic activity to happen in our home and we don't even see it. We're going to have to go back to that one next week. Yeah. We're going to have to go back to that one next week because we got to have this conversation a little further because I, I think the danger in the danger in all of this is some people will just assume some people will just assume that the conversation's about alcohol. Oh, it's you know, so much more than just the, that. The, the conversation's not, can I drink a beer? <laughs> That's not the conversation. The conversation is, as a result of years of choosing that beer over presence of the Lord. Correct. Over, and it's, and it's, over not, it's not just alcohol. No, 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 no. It's, we say alcohol because it's what we know in our exactly. culture. Exactly. could be anything. Lang- language. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, music. Be, well, any of your doors, m- man. Movies. Any of yeah. your doors. Your I mean, eyes, your ears, your nose, your right, mouth. Any of right. your senses. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Your touch. Yeah. Any of your senses, that is what the enemy is going to appeal to. Yeah. And listen, we're not saying like you pick up a candy bar in a store that it's a demon. No. Okay? Golly. Obviously, they're, they're, life, life is life. And some things are just your choices that you make. Right. Okay. Right. doesn't make it a demon. Just because your vacuum makes a weird sound doesn't mean your vacuum has a demon. One, <laughs> yeah. your vacuum can't have a demon because it doesn't have a, even have a soul to be able right. to attach to. Okay, right. so understand like that's what we're talking about today when we're talking about like is everything a demon? No, your your vacuum, your washer, your dryer, your fridge they can't have they can't have demons. Right. Some of the things that you encounter in your life isn't necessarily a demon. Some some of those things is just because of the bad choices that you've made. Okay, yeah. but there are very real very very real spiritual things that the enemy is finding any little doorway and avenue that he can indulge you in mm-hmm. for a season or for a short time Amen. for you to experience those things listen the devil is not coming at you full force and trying to ruin your life in a day Mm-mm. he wants to take years and years and years mm. of changing and altering things for you to change perceive things of how you've lived your life mm-hmm. so that he destroys you slowly. Mm-hmm. And that's why the the Bible is very clear of be sober, mm-hmm. be vigilant, because mm-hmm. he's walking around slowly seeking, yeah. seeking whom devour. he may devour. Mm-hmm. We pray that you're strong in your faith. We pray that when you hear these things, don't there's no reason to be afraid. Let's let's close with this. Jesus is over every spirit. Philippians chapter 2. Everything above the earth, in the earth, and on the earth will bow and does bow to the name, the authority, and the presence of the Lord. So don't leave from this scared. We'll continue the conversation next week. Be strong in your faith and be strong in who Jesus is. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Pastor's Porch. If you don't have a church home, come join us at Unity Covenant Church in West Fork, Arkansas. We would love to have you. Thank you for your continual support to this podcast. Please stay tuned for more episodes. Have a great day and God bless.